In our message series, The Book of Life, we are looking at the importance of the Bible in every person's life. I believe that the Bible, which is God's Word, is the one and essential guide that we need to live the lives that God has created us to live. Today, my message is entitled, Guided by the Word. We're going to learn how God's Word can guide our lives, how God's Word can direct us away from paths that lead us away from God and can direct us onto paths that lead in the direction that God wants us to go. 2 Timothy 3.16 is the first verse we're going to look at this morning. Now, in the middle of your bulletins, there's a white page. You can pull it out. And it's got the scriptures written out there and the outline of the message. I encourage you to pull that out and take some notes so you can look at it during the week and be reminded of what God taught you. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You might want to circle the first word in that verse, which is all. And underline the word useful. All scripture is useful. All scripture has been inspired by God. All scripture has been breathed by God. It's there for a purpose. It's there for us to learn from. It's there for us to be trained by and equipped to do the things that God calls us to do in life. And so the Bible is God's essential training manual for us. Now the good works that this verse talks about has to do with all of your life has to do with your family life. It has to do with your work life. It has to do with your church life. It has to do with your entertainment life. Whatever, how many lives you have, it has to do with that. It applies to every aspect of our lives. God's Word equips us to live our lives in the 21st century in the St. Louis metro area, which I think pretty much... Not all of us, I just met somebody from Ohio, but most of us live here. And uh, it equips people to live in Ohio as well. So, too many people think the Bible simply has to do with church. It's simply a spiritual book and it instructs us how we carry on our Sunday morning worship services. Well, it certainly does that, but it is much more applicable. Uh, it's a practical book to every area of our lives. Now today we're going to be looking at a portion of the longest chapter in the Bible. Now we're not going to look at the whole thing. Everybody goes, you know, I wanted to get out and do something this afternoon. Uh, the longest chapter in the Bible is found in Psalm 119. The topic of Psalm 119 is how God's Word can help us in times of trouble and in times of difficulty. How God's Word can keep us on track with God. Anybody here ever had a time of trouble or difficulty? Three people, okay? I will preach to you this morning. The rest of you, you will have a time of trouble or difficulty in your life, even though you're not in one now or you've never had one. I want to talk to you afterwards as well, see how you manage that. But Psalm 119 is an amazing psalm. It consists of 22 stanzas, each stanza consists of eight verses. It's an alphabetic acrostic in the Hebrew language. And what that means is in the Hebrew, this is completely lost in your English Bibles, but in the Hebrew, the first stanza of eight would begin with the first letter in the Hebrew alphabet. 
And the last stanza would begin with the last letter in the Hebrew alphabet. How many letters are there in the Hebrew alphabet? 22. And so it's a really amazing. Every line in each stanza then begins with that letter. People say it's an absolutely amazing achievement to write things that make sense uh, with this. But God inspired that. And we're going to look right in the middle of the chapter this morning at the Maim and Noon chapters. Uh, stanzas or two letters in the middle. But I'd encourage you to read the entire psalm this week. Then you can say I've read the longest chapter in the Bible. And it will give you increased insight about what we're talking about this morning, the importance of the Word of God. Now it's the July 4th weekend, so it's probably appropriate to think back and remember that the founders of America, the founders of the United States of America, founded this country on godly principles that were found in God's Word. Our country's founders recognized the importance of the Bible and the Bible's teaching inspired many of the foundational principles of America. And so I'd like us to watch a video on this July 4th weekend called Our Nation's Inspiration and see a little more deeply about how the Bible inspired our nation's founders. So our nation was founded on biblical principles, but today, sadly, the Bible is regarded as just one of many sacred texts, all of equal value. Biblical principles are not often used anymore in guiding governmental policies. But as we learn how God's Word can guide us in our personal lives, we're going to learn how to use those biblical principles to guide our voting, to guide our participation in our nation in different ways, and so bring godly principles back into our land. Some people erroneously claim that biblical principles have no place in government. But nothing could be further from the truth because God's word applies to every aspect of our lives, every aspect of our nations. If biblical principles are not followed, then what is going to be followed? Principles that do not agree with the word of God. And that's going to be to the detriment of our country and its citizens. Proverbs 14.34 says, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. And so our nation is exalted when we agree with what the Bible says, when our laws and decrees and statutes are in agreement with what the Bible says. But when they are not, it is a detriment to us. Isaiah 5.20 says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Unfortunately, we're seeing too much of this in today's world. Calling right wrong and calling wrong right. If godly principles are not the basis for our lives, if they're not the basis for our institutions and government, then ungodly principles will be used. There are no neutral guiding principles. They're either God's principles or they're not. And we want to follow in our personal lives and influence others to follow the biblical principles that are found in God's word. Now today, as I said before, we're going to look at two stanzas of Psalm 119, right in the middle, related to the Hebrew letters, Maim and Noon, to learn how we individually and as a nation can be guided by the Word. First principle that we're going to learn today is to love God's Word. Psalm 119 verse 97 says, Oh, how I love your law, I meditate on it 
all day long. Now, in order for us to be guided by God's Word, we need to love God's Word, to love His Word, to develop that love. You know, when you love somebody, you want to hear them speak to you, don't you? You want to hear what they have to say. And if you truly love God, then you want to hear what He has to say, what He's written to us. Some people speak of God's Word as God's love letter to us. He's written it to us to help us. And so if we truly love God, we're going to love God's Word. We're going to desire to learn from it, to read from it. If you don't have a love for the Bible or if you want to grow in that love, ask God to help you. Ask God to give you more of a love for His Word, to increase your love for His Word. And when you love God's Word, you're going to gain wisdom from it. Verse 98 says, Your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. Now in this verse... God's word is called his commands. In the previous verse, it was called his law. Notice it's never called God's suggestions, is it? Take this one and leave this one out. It's always a command. It's always a law. And those who learn from God's word gain wisdom. They are made wiser than their enemies, those who do not love God's word. God wants you to live life in a wise manner. He wants us to be wise in understanding his word. And no matter where you and I go in life, guess what? There are going to be enemies. Anybody ever encountered an enemy in life? There are going to be enemies that, inc- that you encounter. It could be dangerous situations, dangerous circumstances. It could be a person that uh, comes against you. It could be uh, uh, any number of things. But God's commands can guide our steps and give us wisdom to know what to do even when we're being attacked by enemies. When we love God's word, we're going to meditate on his word. Verse 97 says, I meditate on it all day long. Verse 99 says, I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. Now, what does it mean to meditate on the word of God? And in the Hebrew, the word meditate means to repeat in your mind over and over. To kind of turn God's word over to say it and think about it and think what it means. Not just to read through it quickly. It means to take some time with it. To think about that aspect of God's word so you can understand it fully. So that you can apply it to your life. When you meditate on God's word you gain insight into its meaning. You gain insight into its application to your life. Now, one of the key aspects in gaining wisdom from God's Word is is taking time. Obviously, if you don't read God's Word at all, you're not going to learn anything from it. And so we encourage everyone to spend at least 15 minutes a day. Now, that's an arbitrary time I've just made up. Uh, But uh, a lot of people say that's a good place to start. 15 minutes a day. Carve out some time with God to read His Word and to pray. And as you read God's word, take time to meditate on what you've read. I'm guilty sometimes of just racing through and I've read my Bible for the day. But God wants to speak to us. And for that to happen, we have to be quiet and meditate on a portion of scripture. We need to ask God, God, what are you speaking to me through this passage? What does it mean for my life? 
What does it mean in general and what does it mean for my life? And then listen to hear what God would, would speak to you. God wants to speak to each one of us as we meditate on his word through his spirit. Knowledge is simply knowing what the word of God says. Wisdom, on the other hand, is taking that knowledge with God's help and understanding and uh, applying it to your life. There are people that have vast knowledge of the Bible, and yet their lives don't reflect its precepts and principles because they've not gained wisdom from it. They've not applied it to their lives. It's one thing to know the stories of the Bible. You may know the outline of every book in the Bible. That's knowledge. Wisdom is how does it make a difference in my life tomorrow when I go to work? How does it make a difference in my life when I teach my children? How does it make a difference in my life when I uh, spend my time relaxing? God's word speaks to us and gives us wisdom for every aspect of life. And the more we learn to love God's word, the more we're going to grow in wisdom. And so we need to love God's word. And we need to grow in that love through a lifetime. Secondly, obey God's word. Psalm, 100, Psalm 119 verse 100 says, I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. I have kept my feet from every evil path so that I may obey your word. And so one of the key concepts to understanding God's word comes when we obey God's word. As I said before, God's word is not simply suggestions. Too many people think, well, you know, I like this part. Love your neighbor as yourself. I, you know, I like that part. We should love everybody. But this part that says, I should do this or I shouldn't do this, I don't like that part, so I'm not going to follow it. Well, God's word contains his commands. He's the one who created us. He knows how we should live our lives. And we need to take heed to, these command, to those commands. When we understand them, we need to make a commitment to obey them. It says in these verses that a young person can gain understanding beyond their years. I have more understanding than the elders. If you're a young person here today and you want to be wise, you want to gain understanding, you can gain it through God's word. In order to obey God's word, we need to keep away from evil paths. We're going to talk a lot about paths in this message today. There are two kinds of paths in life. There are good paths, and there are evil paths. The Bible doesn't talk about neutral paths. They're either good or evil. In order to obey God's word, we need to keep away from evil paths. God's word helps us to discern between good and evil paths, between the right and the wrong, so that we're not deceived. And as we stay on God's good path, obedience comes easily. And God's word will be sweet to us. Verse 102 says, I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. So often in the Bible, reading God's word, listening to God's word, learning God's word is likened to eating God's word. And his word is not bitter to our taste. It should be sweet. It should be a delight. It should be something we enjoy. You know, what's a, something that's bitter? You know, like 
eating a lemon. You know, some people, it's like, you know, reading God's word, oh, it's just like, okay, I'll do it. Or you can think of a nice, sweet dessert. Anybody enjoy desserts? Now, that should, how, should it be reading God's word. It should be sweet. It should be something enjoyable that God has for us. It should be one of life's great pleasures. If it's not, then we need God's help to change. Something's wrong. It ought to be sweet to us. Ask God to teach us his word. As we obey God's word, we're going to hate the wrong paths. Verse 104 says, I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. If you love God's word, he's going to guide us and guide you on the right path for your life. And when you're on the right path, you're going to hate wrong paths in life. The wrong paths in life are paths of sin, paths that lead people away from God rather than close to him. We're to hate wrong paths because those paths hurt people who follow them. If somebody's in a, on a wrong path, on an evil path, they are going to be hurt. And the people around them in their lives are going to be hurt. And ultimately, that path leads to destruction. If you truly love what is right, you're going to hate what is wrong. It's okay to hate. It's okay to hate what is wrong, both in your life and in the lives of others. Now, notice that we're not hating the people that are on a wrong path. We hate the path itself. We love everyone, even those that are on the wrong path. But we want to get them off the wrong path onto the right path because that's what love does. We hate ways that deviate from God's word. Now, the common attitude of today is to be tolerant of everybody's opinion. Tolerant of everybody's chosen path in life. Popular opinion is that all paths are neutral. You can choose whichever way you want and how dare you say that I'm on a wrong path. But that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that there are good paths and that there are wrong paths. You're either guided by God's word or you're not guided by God's word. And so what should our response be if we see a friend, a relative, a workmate, and it's clear they're going down a wrong path in their life? Well, first of all, we ought to hate that wrong path. We don't tell them, hey, you know, if that's the way you want to go, good for you. You know, just follow that wrong path. We don't say things like that. No, we warn people. That's a wrong path. That path is going to lead you to destruction. That path is going to lead you to pain and suffering in your life. That is not the path God wants you to take. We should seek weak seek to do everything we can to show them there's a better way. There's a better way. There's a good path that God has planned for them in their life to follow. And they can find it through Jesus Christ. As we obey God's word, we're going to enjoy its benefits. As we walk along the good path, it's a path of blessing. And we're going to better be able to help those who are going down the wrong path. And so we love God's word. We want to obey God's word. We want to follow God's word. Psalm 119, 105 is, is a well-known verse. Uh, many people memorize. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. I've taken an oath and confirmed it that I will 
follow your righteous laws. So let's look a little more closely at how God's word guides our lives. God's word is a lamp to our feet. The reference here is to a small clay lamp that had oil in it in a, in a single wick. It didn't provide a lot of light. It's not going to light up things that are way down the path. It's just going to light up an area right around your feet. It's going to light up an area so you can take the next step without stumbling. And so God's word is a lamp for our feet. It lights up the next step that we are to take. It's also a light for our path. The word for light is the same word that's used for the brightness of the sun. It's, it's a, a brightness, a, a bright light that's going to light up the path way out in the future. And God wants us to see where we're heading with him. He wants to light up our path in front of us. God's word illuminates our next step and it, it sets our future course. And so we should commit our lives to following the laws of God. And as we do that, God's word will protect us. Verse 107, the psalmist writes, I have suffered much. Preserve my life, O Lord, according to your word. When we follow God's word, our lives are protected. Our lives are preserved. The safest place to be in life is on the path of obedience to God's word. It doesn't matter if you're in the most dangerous part of the world. If you're on God's path with your life, he's going to protect you. And you're going to fulfill his purpose in your life. The most dangerous place to be is on a wrong path. A path followed in disobedience to God's word. You might think you're perfectly safe, but you're not. You're in great and dire danger if you're on a wrong path. And so the good path that God directs you on, the good path that God lights up in front of you is a safe path for you and for those that are walking on it with you. When you're on God's path for your life, nothing can force you off. Now we're going to see there are going to come enemies that will attempt to ensnare you and take you off that path, but nobody can force you off that path if you choose and commit yourself to remaining on it. God himself teaches his word. Accept, O Lord, the willing praise of my mouth and teach me your laws. In verse 102, we've already read, the psalmist writes, you yourself has taught me. You yourself have taught me. And here we see the psalmist praying for God to teach him. You can't separate the word of God from God himself. They are joined closely together. The Bible that we have in front of us is not simply ink printed on white paper. I mean, it is that. But it's much more than that. The Holy Spirit illuminates God's word as we read it. God himself wants to teach you his word. He doesn't want to keep it a mystery from you. Some people think, oh, it's too hard to understand. Well, there are parts that are hard to understand, but there's plenty of parts that aren't so hard to understand. And those are the parts some of us have trouble with. But God illuminates those parts with His Spirit so we can understand them. He teaches us what His Word means. He teaches us how we should follow it. And so, don't despair if you can't understand everything in God's Word. I don't understand everything. Nobody understands everything. 
But there are plenty of parts we can't understand as we ask God to help us. And guess what? The parts we don't understand, if God hasn't explained it to us, we don't need to know it right now. When we need to know it, God is going to help us understand it. He wants us to follow his counsel. And so we love God's word. We want to obey God's word. We want to follow God's word. And we need to remember God's word. Verse 109 says, Though I constantly take my life in my hands, I will not forget your law. In this translation, that first phrase is a little difficult to understand. What it really means is that even though my life is in peril, even though my life is hanging by a thread, I choose to not forget your law. I make a choice to remember your word. You know, when is it hardest to remember God's word? It's when you're facing a big trial. When you're facing a big difficulty in your life, when something is coming against you, it's easy to forget God's word. When you're facing a difficult situation, there may seem to be no hope. It may seem hopeless. God, I'm lost. Everything is lost. I don't know how I'm going to make it through this. The temptation is to forget God's word. Temptation is to think it doesn't apply to me now. God's left me. But in times of trial is the very times we need to remember God's word. As the very times we need to have faith in God's word because his word will bring us through that trial as we believe it, as we remember it, as we live it. God is bigger than anything we face. And God's word will guide us both in good times and in times of trial and difficulty. As we remember God's word, we need to persevere in trouble Verse 110 says, The wicked have set a snare for me, but I have not strayed from your precepts. There are wicked beings that will seek to ensnare you. It might be a wicked person. You know there are wicked people in this world. Everybody is not a good person. If you think they are, just need to read the Bible. There are wicked people in the world. And they seek to ensnare good people. They seek to ensnare people who are following God. And pull them off the good path. And lure them off the good path. There are wicked spiritual beings. The Bible calls them demons. And they will whisper in your ear. And they will tempt you to do things that will pull you off God's path for your life. They will set traps for you, especially in times of trouble. To look in the wrong places for deliverance. To look in the wrong places for escape from your difficulties. But as we remember God's word, as we persevere, even in times of trouble, we can stay on that right path. And God will lead us through that difficulty Lead us through that trouble. And finally, God's word brings joy. The second stanza ends in verse 111 and 12. It says, Your statutes are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. My heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end. And so God's word is to be the joy of our hearts. God's word should fill our hearts with joy. 
And as we let it fill our hearts with joy, we're going to keep setting our hearts on his word until the very end for our entire lives. So how can we remember God's word in times of trouble? One way is simply to memorize verses that speak to your situation. A common excuse is I can't remember anything. And, uh, but we can all remember the things we want to remember. Just simple verses. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Not too hard to memorize, is it? In times when things are dark, when you don't seem to know which way to turn, God will bring that verse back to your mind. And you'll remember your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It's a time of darkness. I need to get into God's word. I need some guidance. I need some wisdom from God's word. I have a difficult decision in my life. I need some light. And so I encourage you to memorize verses that speak to your situation. As you're reading God's word, he's going to say, hey, this verse is for you this week. Write it down on a card. Memorize it. Once you memorize it, you say it over and over again, you're meditating on it and it can sink deep into your spirit. And as you do, your faith in God's ability to help you in your circumstances is going to grow. You're going to have something to fix your mind on when the temptations come. Your faith is going to grow. Faith comes through hearing God's word. And as your faith grows... What happens to your worry level? It goes the other direction. It decreases. There's an inverse relationship between faith and worry. If your worry is in a high level, your faith is at a low level. If your faith is increasing, your worry will be decreasing. I'd rather have my worry decreasing. Anybody agree with me? And so we need our faith to grow. And as our faith grows... What are we going to experience more of in our lives? We're going to experience more joy. When you're full of faith, you're full of joy. When you're full of worry, it's hard to be joyful, isn't it? We need to remember God's word in every circumstance of life. And so today we've talked about being guided in our lives by God's word. Now in order for this message to be a benefit to us, Benefit to you or to me, we need to acknowledge that we have a need in our lives to grow in these areas. To grow in loving God's word, to grow in obeying God's word, to grow in following God's word and remembering God's word. Now if we say, hey, you know, I'm doing pretty well. I, I understand God's word and, you know, I just kind of keep with the status quo. You're not going to gain any benefit. But I believe God wants us to grow in understanding his word and grow in these four areas as long as we're alive. There's always a way to grow deeper in the word of God, both for our lives and that we might influence others with the truth of God's word. I believe each person in this room has, has, has room to grow in their understanding in being guided by the word of God. 
doesn't matter where you're at this morning in your knowledge of the Bible. It doesn't matter if you're just a beginner and you don't understand much, you haven't read it much, or you understand a lot. God still wants us to grow. And so this morning, I'm going to ask some questions, and you just answer them in your own mind. Do you want to love God's word more dearly? Do you want to obey God's word more fully? Do you want to follow God's word more closely? Do you want to remember God's word more completely? And if your answer to those questions is yes, then God wants to teach you. God wants to be your teacher. He wants you to move ahead and fulfill your heart's desire for more wisdom and guidance. And so we're going to pray here. And this is really the most important part of the service because you can hear what I say and you can understand in your mind the concept. But unless you speak to God, unless you communicate with God and He communicates with you, nothing is really going to change in your life. But if you pray with me now, and you ask God to help you to grow in these areas, then He is going to help you. And this morning can be a very important step in your life. Now, to be guided by God's Word, first of all, you need to be a believer in Jesus Christ. And to become a believer in Jesus Christ, you need to admit that you've sinned, you've done wrong things. You need to believe that Jesus died on the cross to forgive your sins. You need to commit your life to following him all your days. I'm going to pray that simple prayer. And I'm going to ask everyone to bow their heads right now. And if you would like to commit or recommit your life to Jesus Christ this morning, I encourage you to, to pray with me. Say something like this. Father, today I admit that I've sinned. I've done wrong things. My life has not been guided by your word. I've simply been doing what I want to do or what I wanted to do. And some of that was wrong. But I believe that Jesus died on the cross that my sins might be forgiven. Please forgive me. I turn away from those wrong things, from those sins. And I commit my life to following you and your word all my days. Come into my life. Teach me how to follow you and your word from this day on. And for those today who are believers, let's pray that God would help us to grow in being guided by his word. Father, today we thank you for the gift of your word. What an incredible book written by the creator of the universe and given to us to read and understand. Forgive me for not taking it as seriously as I should. Forgive me for putting other relatively worthless stuff ahead of the Bible, for taking more time to read all kinds of things rather than your word. Help me to spend at least 15 minutes a day reading your word and praying as a priority in my life. I want to grow in loving your word, God. I want to grow in obeying it. As I read it, please speak to me and show me what I need to do. I pray that your word would be a, a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. I, I need to know what direction to go in life. I, I need your help in making decisions. Help me to follow and remember your word even when my path is difficult. Even when my situation is difficult. May I not be lured away onto a wrong path, but may I stay on the path 
of your word. Teach me your word through your spirit. Help me to hear his soft voice. Telling me what the word means and how it applies to my life. And how I can help others to find the right path for their lives as well. Forgive us this July 4th weekend as a nation, God, for neglecting your word. And for putting other principles and things in place that are in contradiction to your word. Help us turn back this nation, God, to you and your word as each of us individually follows it more closely. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.